0: That should be called The Oprah Show. We should really call this the, the Oprah Winfrey uh, Sacrifice. Um, nah, I still haven't really gotten over. Does this mic sound bad? It sounds good. What, what sound? What, did, is there reverb on this thing now? I've, I've got to get a, a better interface. This one. <laughs> everything I have is old. Is there a rever- is there an effects uh, uh, built into this mixer? I don't know, it sounds good. For some-, for some reason it just sounds really sweet to me today. I don't know what the deal is. Huh? Sounds good. But I mean, it sounds better, right? I don't know okay. Well, anyway, I you know I can hear my voice the timbre my might- so you can actually you know, you're getting the you know, the voice as as you would hear it if I were talking to you um so you know not not a, a, a lot to share you know other than uh, you know everything is wrong uh okay now we can go on to the next topic right i i don't even listen to the to the uh you know the 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 uh any alternative news anymore because i already know everything i knew everything years ago and everything that i knew is is coming to pass, so it's, there's no point in listening to the news uh, since it's happening right before our, I mean, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, you had the radio on in the car, something you hear, oh, well, you know, we knew this day was coming, but let's get into the spiritual aspect of it. The spiritual aspect of where we are right now is, again, laziness, disobedience, uh, sloth, uh, behavior in the part of Americans has led and also, just deluded people that uh, you know the the conformists are now seen. And I have to tell you, they're not the same species. I, I don't know how we can. They may be biologically the same, but I mean, there's got to be there's some difference that's implacable that I've noticed. And I we've talked about this over the years. And now you now you can very prominently see. The, you know, people that are, I would call them, you know, psychotic, delusional, whatever. But these are terms that would not apply if you were one of them. You would call them normal and you'd call somebody that would tell the truth, be loving, be honorable, um, you know, um, uh, support their country, support their leaders, uh, you know, support the laws, support law enforcement, support, uh, you know, citizens, support... um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, fairness and in the workplace and just all kinds of issues that are that are basic to, uh, you know, for example, you know, not letting anyone slip through the cracks, you know, especially when it's no fault of their own. Uh, things like that, that it seems like the politicians today really don't care. They're just raid Social Security and they 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 are. um yeah, you know, doing the opposite. People think they're going to be getting a some kind of universal income. Well, they're being while they're being robbed now. They're being everything's being stolen now. And I was just thinking about the house. You know, having an ownership. Well, there's property taxes. If you don't pay those, you're, you know, and 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 it's ridiculous. There's property taxes, which is ridiculous because there shouldn't be. They should get their whatever revenue they need should be just apparent through sales tax consumption tax normal t- but it, this is not done property taxes is not done so they can build more schools or put computers in schools or hire more teachers that's not the reason the reason for property taxes is because the billionaires don't want you to compete with them don't want you to get up there where they are so it's all the taxes are con, you know uh, are basically um Confiscatory, in other words, they're confiscating wealth so that the billionaire class that runs the government, you know, we don't have a government by the people, we have a government by the billionaire. And you saw when they burnt down Mount, they told the Navy, burn it down, the Navy burned it down. If you know anything about the Navy and the connection to Los Alamos, Sandia Labs, the you know, lasers, the biggest testers of the lasers have, have been it's not you think well it's got to be the satellites up there it's got to be the uh it's got to be the, the jets being outfitted with you know but the the ships have like rail guns and all kinds of stuff that was older technology but now the lasers are so powerful i like i i've going to put up an article on substack today that just you know it's just it's just an essay but basically you know talking about the, the, a friend that i have that I had anyway, who was um worked at Sandia Labs and uh on you know, and he did not break his um uh, nondisclosure agreement or whatever talking to me. He just said in general terms, What we have is so much more advanced than even what you think is advanced. And and this is a guy that works directly on lasers. So this would be the guy to talk to. But he can't talk because he's under you know what I mean, if you go to jail so that, that so it's, uh, we can't get into the technology or into how far, but just you know, in a general sense, know that it's far more advanced than what you've seen. For example, when they have conventional weapons like the, the, the war in the Ukraine, the use of conventional weapons is, in a way for America, which is far advanced of Russia and every other country and Chi- even China. Um, we use conventional weapons just as mind control in the public to convince the public that we're, that's where we are in these sort of TNT bombs, these cluster bombs, these you know. And uh, they'll never show you the fuel air bomb, which was a, another primitive bomb, but it was, you know, very uh, unethical, you know, in, inhumane. And, um, you know, so we have lasers that, um, and you've seen them, you know, directed energy, you know, you've seen buildings melt, right, it melts concrete. They can also melt the moon, they could, they could probably melt the sun. They could blow up the sun. I mean, that's where we are. We're at that stage. where, And God is intervening. Uh, and when I say intervening, what I mean is uh, that God is bringing the Civil War, um, you know, which is, you know, more of a conventional, you know, it's not part of the, the future, I was looking at uh, Nuvol Yoa, what's his name, Yod, Harari's book, uh, Human, or whatever it's called, and again, it was just, you know, he thinks he's lecturing us on what the future could be and and how silly we are to to, to be in, in, you know, families and, uh, you know, whatever, just a total antichrist agenda. It's the same agenda they've had for thousands of years. He's nothing. He's, <clears throat> and I, I disagree with Doctor Zelenko, who said, you know, you got to respect. It, he's a, he's a scholar of the scriptures. He's, 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 he's really, you know, an intellectual. And I, I just, friends, it would go ahead and well, I, I had a couple of excerpts I was going to read to you just to to show you how um, immature, or even childish, you know, they they are. And then in my article I allude to, well, when you're when you're in the billionaire class or in the power class or in the WF or the G twenty or that any of these groups, um, it's really easy for them to become billion billion dollar babies. Remember the song by Alice Cooper, A Billion Dollar Baby? I don't think you meant that, but I mean it. They become babies. You know. They can throw a temper tantrum and get something done. You've seen and, I mean, it's a power elite, so you got to also talk about people like Biden and Obama and people that have, they may not be billionaires, but they have the levers of power. So they stomp their feet. It's like they act like a banana republic. They scream and yell like babies. Gates is a big example of that. Complains that, you know, his reputation is being hurt you know, un- unfairly, you know. And he actually goes out on the TV and does, whines and complains like a baby. And that's that's his... Maturity level. Well, I've also noticed the atrophication of maturity in um, you know in people like Zuckerberg. I've noticed this return to babyhood of all you know baby Zuckerberg and this it's you know baby Gates, and uh, they're all ba- baby Larry Fink, a baby Larry Ellison, baby Oprah Winfrey. You know, they they stomp and they, they throw their temper tantrums and they wah, 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 wah And then they, you know, they, so it goes well beyond, you know, like the Antifa type people that think they're entitled. And they, like, if they if they don't get something they want, they start screaming and yelling and burning stuff down like a baby would. that's a baby. So they're also devolved into babies, but it's because they're backed by the power elite. So with all the whining and complaining, finally they burnt down Lahaina, and just just zap the crap out of it and no doubt in anybody's mind that that was you know not a natural fire because it's burning at a, at a temperature that is not uh, natural that's you know melting steel and stuff and and it just you know it's just so incredibly obvious can you believe the level of stupidity and retardation of your neighbors can you believe how dumb they are so from god's perspective then You know, and their leader being Noah, you know, Uval, Harari, whatever, he's also the baby of, you know, he's like, well, if you don't go along, you'll just be left behind and we can just, you know, take the food away and you can just starve. You know, that's that's a baby. He has the maturity of a baby, baby Harari. And so therefore nothing he writes is accurate or relevant about the future. Nothing, absolute zero. I went to there. I finally got to a chapter toward the end of the book and um, it's scary about what he intends to do to people, how he intends to force people to comply. Okay, now we're getting down to the meat of it. To do all the changes they want, you have to force people to comply. But if they comply, it won't work anyway. It's just mass death and failure and they will fail because he's a failure and he's a baby. He's got the maturity of a, a little brat. So they stun so does Klaus Schwab, another baby. Haven't you noticed that? And when he starts complaining that, you know, he runs the world and people need to listen to him. And God darn you going to listen to me. <laughs> and it's really on that level. So a billionaire baby, I should probably change the title of this about the well, I, I'll be talking about this more. So when you have babies in charge, you know what I mean? That that they don't need to be responsible to anyone. They don't need to apologize to anyone for abusing them. They don't need to uh, watch their tongue. They don't need to really do anything, except be a baby. And then, in this case, they could be a baby, and the military will jump. To, you know, the the joint chiefs will jump up and, you know, and lick their boots. You know, of anyone that's in that class. And um, you know, they'll they'll. And so, uh, when I say the navy. It's hard for me to believe that people in the U.S. Navy would, would burn down Lahaina. Because I always respected the Navy, kind of, you know, in a way, and the Marines. Oh, well, it's really really pretty sad. But all the lasers are, and technology with the lasers are, you know, naval intelligence and Navy and, and all that. And a lot of the testing of, you know, aircraft and, and uh, exotic stuff in the desert... Even in you know in the desert is is you know navy intelligence is involved a lot of the really dark you know stuff that we don't you know what i mean the chimeras and the the aliens right well, the aliens are you know if you want to know what aliens are, just watch how they're they're making aliens now they, uh, aliens are not um exactly carbon life forms right and that's where they want to go, so they will become the aliens through and after enough years of of mutation, they they look like those skinny dudes dudes with the big, you know, ant eyes, insect type of stuff. But but then again, uh, you know, somewhat regenerate sort of a a biological digital interface rather than a body. Something that that, that without which, for example, the demons would make. Um, demons, okay. Let's let's call them what they are: the fallen angels. Would make hybrids to occupy. Now they would make you know clones of things and hybrids, and even chimeras like you know half you know monkey half man half horse half man half half pig half man you know et cetera. And Harari wants to do half lion half man, so he's already he's already fallen into the trap of his ancestors, and he says it's time for humanity to break away from the traditional. Whatever, and then he he, all he's doing is touting the traditional abomination that's been going on since the Book of Genesis and before. So how intelligent? The only way he gets away with that in that book is if the people reading the book are stupid. There's no other explanation. Don't 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 say they're not stupid. Don't don't say that, you know, they're 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 uh, just ignorant. And you know, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is not right. They know what they do. That's a different category of people. They know what they do. You know, I mean, it's like the goose that laid the golden egg. What are they going to do? They're going to kill that goose in the name of uh, advancement. And that's exactly what Harari is. He's he's the he is their intellectual leader, and he writes a pedantic book, which is which is childish and and is and babyish whenever you know a guy sits there saying well if you don't go along you're just going to be left behind and <laughs> we're going to just leave you there while we go off you know that's a baby right and babies are usually found in in banana republics in third world banana republics they're the king for a while till they get overthrown and they throw these temper tantrums and then and then the tribe and the the the, the village whatever does the king's bidding you know, um, you know, there's not raining. We need to sacrifice more versions, you know, or whatever. And, uh, you know, they have no, you know, they get drunk on power as Harari is. And then they immediately revert to, to, uh, immaturity to that of a baby of, you know, making demands. And, and then if they, they're not met, then they cry and scream and complain and blame. And, uh, it's never their fault. It's always your fault. It's always the fault of humanity that's holding them back from their—if only they could just be free and go through advancement, uh, you know, everybody would be better off having them be the gods. And it's really all about them becoming gods. They've been promised by the fallen angels that they become gods and ascend like the fallen angels. And the way the fallen angels interact with people is through these uh, robotic, chimeric— interfaces i I wouldn't call them bodies exactly because they can go through walls and walk on the ceiling and things like that so they they really they're visible but it's almost like not like a holographic image but they're not they don't have the same properties you know what i mean and and they can they can also do things like you know levitate um, you know cows and all that stuff all these kind of advanced uh creatures these these who would ordinarily be invisible if they didn't create an interface. So the way they create an interface so that they could, you know, take over humanity and destroy it uh, would be to use, uh, you know, human DNA, the da- you know, the daughters of men. And, uh, you know, and so they're making, they're not just making the Nephilim or, you know, hybrid races to, to conquer humanity, which is nothing new by the way, but they're making interfaces for themselves and they look like aliens, you know, like... They're they're built that way because they have to survive in no oxygen, low oxygen, um, uh, you know, uh, interdimensional. Uh, they, they can't be relying on a carbon. If you're relying on a carbon environment, you have to be in a 3D, you know, kind of black and white sort of world, which is a simulation. But they exist outside of it. And then to enter in, they can either possess a human... I mean, God possesses humans all the time through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, but it's God, it's God. You can just say God. God does it. That's fine. It's the same thing, you know. And 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 you know, you talk and you say something that that God has you say. You go, "Wow, that those words didn't even come from me, but it, they had a positive impact, or they had a healing impact, or something good happened." Well, that would be God, you know. Um, anyway, um, unless it you know goes against uh, the word, and if it really goes against the word, then of course it can be brought into question. You need, you know, witnesses to establish the word. But, I mean, a lot of times people, you know, when people just speak in tongues and they're very sincere about it and they, they really are, what they're demonstrating is God taking over a person. And uh, so possession's nothing new on either side. But it's true that, like, these these fallen ones cannot have they have to make the vessel that they occupy to be visible enough to control. And then, of course, the alien option, which is what they're getting ready for, um, will be... uh, And they can interface other ways, too. They can also possess people, as you know. They can, you know, all for you, Damien! You know, and the the maid jumps out the window. And no problem, they can do that day in and day out. But they need an interface, to, to be here in a visible way. Just like the ships, you know, how they disappear, they go underwater and they can go at, you know, you know, Mach fifty underwater. And because they um the the, the properties because they're not actually quite here in the same way other objects are here physically. And so when they talk about going non carbon, they're talking about the alien, the alien you know, um, the the hybrid made by the fallen angels and uh, unacceptable to God and rejected by God. And again, Book of Enoch, when they go, but when Enoch goes back to, to you know, they ask Enoch to please ask God if he'll let him back in the kingdom. And then, you know, so he pleads to, you know, the, to the throne of God, which a lot of times looks like a spaceship, you know. and he, And God says, absolutely not. You know, this is going to play out. So you know, and then there's uh, also other things in the uh, sort of mythology of all this that you know you have, uh, you know, back in the days of Enoch, you had a uh, angelic ones. You know, you had the Elijah becoming an angel. You had Metatron, who was about who some say was Enoch, but of course this is mythology, so it's you know it's not going to be something that you just completely rely on. But the word Metatron itself is Greek, you know? And then Metatron is also seen as Satan in some circles. They want to conjure Metatron, to do mass destruction. Metatron is associated with, you know, God's judgment, you know, also angel of death. So it gets pretty weird when you're trying to discern, you know, who the angels are, who the devils are, who the... The demons and you know, angels, whether it be fallen or not, they're hard to tell the difference. But God's angels are invisible to us unless they also take on, you know, a body, which they can do and they can appear to you and they can be helpful and they can say, oh, go down that way 20 miles and then turn right. There's a gas station right there, and you don't need to run out of gas. And then, you know, the stranger disappears. A stranger, to, Was that an angel? I mean, the guy just came out and walked out of the desert and helped me, and then he just disappeared it, like he, as fast as he showed up. What was that? Again, and it doesn't have to be a historical body. You know, it, see what I mean? It's, it's mysterious. Well, who is that person? Do they possess a human that has an address and a uh, social security number? Not necessarily. They can do a lot of things. It's, it's just like the military. The military has weapons. I saw a film recently where they put on display just one of the things they could do. And I can't believe they put this on the air. And I'm sorry, uh, forgive me. It was, uh, oh, jeez, It had to do with that. It, uh, Jared Butler was in it. That'll give you a hint. Okay, Gerard Butler, I believe. And it had to do with getting out of Afghanistan or something. And then yeah, the problem is that the Taliban were there on two sides boxing in, you know, like these three guys. And, and uh, they were trying to get into the military barracks. And the guy there goes, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to be guilty of bloodshed today, pushes a button. And this entire army is decimated in 15 seconds. I mean, hundreds of vehicles, the whole bit, you know, guns, vehicles. They're coming across the desert. They're going to come get these guys. Push a button, boom, and everything blows. Every single thing is blown to smithereens. And it, 15 seconds is being generous, five seconds. And it's like, that's a lot of carnage, man. So we have that capability. Well, then there is no such thing as a war in Afghanistan. If you can kill everybody with the push of a button, that's not really fair. Okay, but that's what we have. And so we pretend, in Af- you know, the withdrawal in Afghanistan, and all this stuff it's all pretend. They want the public to, to not think that they have, you know, the game-changer weapons. Like they, they can just push a button and kill every soldier in Afghanistan in, you know, in an hour and every citizen and burn down every town and liquefy every building you know from a little uh, you know uh, underground bunker somewhere or even an office somewhere from like you know vienna <laughs> from london now you start to get an idea just kind of, kind of let your mind go for a second just start thinking about that and so we're going go t- to go uh, to maui and oprah now, that sacrifice was for Oprah. And she actually got, uh, oh gosh, uh, Pia, I hope you grab. Did you grab the Oprah video? Was that you? I guess that was you. Well, that Oprah did a, you know, ha- has a sound bite out there. She actually weighed in. I mean, how stupid can you get? How arrogant can you be as evil Oprah gets out there and. Basically acts like she owns Lahaina. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? That that video? Okay, well, she, she gets out there and she says, literally, um, you know, you know, I'm going to donate, but I'm going to wait to see how the building plans are going first. What? And then she says, there's going to be a lot of Phoenix stories here. And so Phoenix is a reference to the Order of the Phoenix. Now, you may not know this but the Order of the Phoenix is not Harry Potter. Okay, the Order of the Phoenix is a secret society that um is involved in, you know, the dark arts, let's just put it that way. Is a, is beholden to Lucifer and is basically a uh, a a uh, an order that uses magic to achieve their goals. And to get in the order, you can you can get in you have to pledge yourself to the order and then, um, they have certain rules like they want everybody to be, you know, a success. And it's kind of like they, they choose you out of society, you know, to be in this order of the Phoenix. They actually had a book out that, um, this is, you know, my mother was obsessed with all this stuff. Of course she was, that was her life. She is the occult. She was. And, um, you know, so I found it in the library. I started reading it about the Order of the Phoenix. And this was when I was maybe nine or ten years old. You know, very troubled. I was like, well, maybe if I join this, I can, you know, I could get even. <laughs> you know? And they have rules. They talk about, you know, practical rules. And it's very much like, like, like the same rules as masonry. You know what I mean? They don't want people to be... Uh, you know, uh, anything but conform, cookie cutter, perfect humans. You know what I mean? What, whatever age group or whatever they'd have to be. You know, they want to, they want success. They want successful people to to recruit. So, and then I'm when J.K. Rowling put the Order of the Phoenix in the Harry Potter series. One wonders if if she wasn't some kind of member of the order of the actual, and by doing that, she was hiding the actual Order of the Phoenix. but anyway so well i never get to the bottom of it because i mean i i i don't have i i stay away from books like that because see books like that have 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 powers okay so oprah gets on this soundbite and says i'm going to donate and i want to see the building plans not i'll help people rebuild their lives in whatever way they see she wants to rebuild Build back better. In her image, which shows me because she was so quick to take the mic, that it's not Larry Ellison, it's not Jeff Bezos, it's Oprah's sacrifice. It's for Oprah. Now she's going to be really nice and be the savior, even though she, you know, is a murderer. Well, a murderer in the spirit. You know, I shouldn't just physically go kill people, but I mean, it's a murder in the spirit. You know, it's like. Um, Oprah wants it burned down, we ought to just burn it down. And, you know, I have no connection to Oprah, I just burn it down for, for the heck of it. And, uh, and then she goes, There's going to be a lot of Phoenix stories around here. There's going to be a lot of Phoenix stories. You know, these, but it's going to be in my image because I, you know, when when I approve the plans, I'm going to make sure that these people are restored as long as they know what the order is. And you might know that Maui has a completely corrupt governor and government, and they're basically all about money. They don't care about the Hawaiians. (laughs) They don't care at all. They try to make a racial thing that the Hawaiians versus, you know, the Howleys, you know, and that's how they divide and conquer and take power. But Oprah's the one that runs the island. It's Oprah's island. You know, bow down to the billionaire baby. And um, you know, I mean, I would love to do a. Well, there's not enough that I can write. That would I got to take it. I got to take like eyes wide shut and take it even further. Which I'm doing now in my hospital story. Yeah. Well, all I can tell you is that body parts and organs are much more lucrative than human trafficking, okay? Then I'll just leave it right there. That's a real bloody business, isn't it? How many people, let me ask you a question. How many people do you think die prematurely, and of course it's covered up and they're just, the family's told they just died, and, uh, you know, but but their organs are harvested before they, they, they breathe their final breath. How many people do you think fall into that category of being murdered by hospitals? Millions, all, the entire system from one coast to the other in America is for sale. Organs are for sale. And where do they ship them to? Military transport, ship them uh, to underground bases and to China, where they have a big harvesting business there. But, uh, you know, sometimes they need to get uh, the right match for people. People that go, uh, you know, uh, health, uh, traveling, they need a new uh, pancreas, they need a new, you know, new kidneys, they need a new liver, whatever. Uh, where do you think they're going to get it? Oh, we've got one. We just found, you know, well, you're on the list. Oh, we just found one. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what do you think happens to these people that die suddenly? Well, there's a rush to... uh, Get to the autopsy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not an autopsy. It said organ removal. What do you know? But who's the wiser? You can still have the body in the casket and just doesn't have organs inside. Stuff it with paper. Because you see, a body can be with every little part. A young of a young, healthy person could be, could be a million dollars if you break it up into parts. That's just too tempting. Anyway, no, I could see it. I could see it. They, they, you know, hospitals. It may not be the doctors necessarily. You know, they the doctors seem to be a confused lot right now, but the staff, man, they're all about it. You know, there it's a death cult, and so that, there's your answer. That's why people are not becoming nurses because they don't want to join a death cult, and it's a coven, and it's a witch world. I'm actually just writing the truth. I'm not actually even writing fiction. But it's the kind of truth that gets people killed. So in fiction, you know, you're kind of safe. It's, oh, who would believe a story like that? No way. So you got to be careful. The one thing you do notice in a hospital situation is you do notice that the whole point of diagnosing you is to put you on a drug for life. So they misdiagnosed me on several things. Like for example they gave me a a charge of being diabetic, and they wanted to put me on metforin and then i then i i i got a um, i started taking my vitals, and my blood glucose would uh you know rise when i ate and then it would go back down to like you know sixty three you know well with and, and even lower sometimes fifty nine at night which is uh now almost in hypoglycemic or the opposite of diabetic territory and you know so then I learned that the people that are watching their A1C and their blood sugar. And, you know, you have to take a blood test to really test the A1C, and we understand that. But uh, you can monitor your glucose um, with smartwatches or whatever. That's what I do. And then there's an interface with your phone, and it analyzes your glucose. Every half hour, you get a reading. So you can see that when you eat, there's a little spike that goes up, and then it comes back down, as long as it's coming back down. And that's for all people. All people who eat a meal... The blood sugar goes up, the, the glucose rating. Then it comes back down naturally. They don't need to take insulin because it's coming back down. Take too much insulin, you want to get much below fifty nine, you want to get down to fifty. Well, then you then you actually are in emergency going and then you go into the hospital. So, <laughs> you see what I mean. And so something like, you know, metformin and insulin would drive you down to those low levels to where it could probably kill you. So they withdrew when I proved it, I had to prove it. And I'm not a doctor, but I'm a good researcher and, I, and I'm, I'm good at monitoring myself. I proved it and they withdrew, they voluntarily withdrew the medication. And they said, well, maybe you're borderline. Well, it's, I've got extra weight on me and that's, there's a risk of type two diabetes with that. But they gave me insulin in the hospital. And then they had to stop because, you know, it, I don't need it. And, and when I left, they gave me a whole, you know, insulin pricking, you know, prick your finger kit and you know, do it that way. And uh, I started monitoring my glucose. And lo and behold, I was getting down. Uh, after every meal, I would come down into the, you know, the uh, low 70s, high 60s, which is perfectly normal. <laughs> isn't is isn't that awful? And that would have been another boondoggle. Same thing with uh, the affibulation. fibrillation. Everyone gets gets a pretty much everybody that goes in. If you're nervous and your heart's going boom, bum 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 bum, you know it's not. You know they're gonna you know like they did with me, and um, you know they're gonna give you a drug that that slows and regulates your heart. But then they have to give you an anticoagulant because when your heart's slowed, then there's a blood get it could it gets pooling. You know, it needs to be moving, right? it's not going as fast if the heart's not really pumping. And again, that goes to being in, you know, health. I mean, if you're overweight and stuff, your heart's going to be working harder. You know, no matter if you get good sleep, you do everything right, it's still going to be working harder. And so when you slow it down, then there's the possibility of coagulation. And um, in this case, that would mean a stroke. So they they put you on Eliquis, let's say. And, uh, you know... uh, Metaprolol, it's called metoprolol, metoprolol, okay, so they put you on one to get your heart regulated and then the other one to prevent stroke, which is like a blood thinner, but it's also, you know, an anticoagulant, so it's that purpose, then they tell you on the label, if you quit taking it ever, you're in danger of, of you know, a stroke or cardiac arrest, you, you, right, and then you're just trapped. And I asked the uh, the pharmacy uh, nurse, "Well, how long am I going to be taking this?" Oh, well, I know people that've been taking this this combination for you know twenty, thirty years, you know, their whole life to control your AFib. So I started digging into Chinese medicine, and I found a thing called uh, Wexin Kelly. I'm not pronouncing it Wexen Kelly or something, you know, and, and it's a uh, uh, spelled like wen xin Wen xin kelly k e l l i and um it's it's that that's what they give people for afib in china you know it's it's a uh, it's a tea you drink uh i don't know whether it's 6 weeks or 9 weeks but it ends in 6 weeks and then if you have a problem with your heart or whatever like that a fibrillation a you know um Arrhythmia of any kind. They also then start treating you as a person psychologically. Like, has your heart broken? I've had an anesthesiologist tell me before I did an endoscopy that when I I did get you know I do have a an issue with my. Uh, it's amazing. I'm I'm uh, I'm like Nick Nolte in the movie where he so many things are wrong. The doctor just sent him home laughing. He says go just go get drunk and you know have a nice life. <laughs> but. Um, you know, the anesthesiologist came over and he said, you know, what What happened to your heart? You're missing a heart circuit. And he almost asked me, well, did something break your heart? Like, you would know, have your heart broken, you know, emotionally, and then it can actually break your heart, literally. And I said, well, I don't know when that happened. It could have happened when I was in a coma, you know, when they tried to take me out when I was a teenager. You know, that, that was really fucking insane and uh my heart has been broken ever since you know just betrayal of your parents betrayal of your mother betrayal of your friends betrayal of everybody you know because they're all in the uh in the pedophile cult of beverly hills you know the satan and the satanic coven right and they just and they just go on the hunt for anybody that doesn't comply i mean we, this compliance thing is nothing new to me or anybody that's ever had to you know, been put pressure on by the devil and the devil's uh, minions, right? You know, and then they isolate you, they gaslight you, they gang-stalk. That's right. What do you think I learned about gang-stalking at such an early age? I mean, I learned about gang-stalking before I was a teenager. And, uh, and certainly when I went into the coma, they, they, uh, they had all these boys from, uh, supposedly from the college and, and the music teacher. They're all, you know, working as a team, to get me on LSD, then convinced me to take the phenobarbital, which I did. I'm not blaming. They didn't put it down my throat, but they convinced me on so much acid it would kill somebody that the the best thing I could do for the world and for myself would be to leave, that it would be, you know, no pain anymore. be a relief. So I said, okay, and I started throwing pills down my throat. The ambulance took me, and I went into a coma, it should have killed me. Heart stopped for 20 minutes. They, somebody decided to try the paddles just one more time. They were going to just shut the lights out. That one last time revived me, went to psychological testing, um, lived in the seclusion room outside the nurse's station, basically. <laughs> and they sent me to uh, do these psychological tests to see if there's any brain damage. 20 minutes is a long time. It could be brain damage. Well, there's, you know, you could be a vegetable. Well, there was some kind of brain damage. I couldn't grab them. Uh, I couldn't grab anything with my hands or anything, but that, that all came back over time. But, I mean, the, horror, the, the, the war was on. They treated me like I was an entire army. Like, I, the, the, they said I could do so much damage, and I've done so much damage that really their attacks on me was retaliation for what I've already done, how I've uh, ruined life. And I'm, so, but I'm not aware of that. I mean, maybe God's using me to get to you or to, you know, if you're trying to get me, then he'll ruin your life. Yeah, but if I want to abuse you, I get to be. If you ruin my life, then you see now it's retribution. You can't touch the abuser. You have to take it. You know, you have some kind of gift, you know, some kind of power, and we can't have it. It's too dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because you could blow the whole thing. One whole thing. The whole system, the whole financial structure, for example. Me? What are you talking about? You see, and they just figure you don't know anything you know we got to get this thing out of here i'll tell you i've only survived it so that one day you know one day there'd be a con- i could confront them i i just held on one day there had to be some kind of reckoning you know some kind of admission and but you know all the uh, perpetrators they all died including peers of mine they're all dropping like flies, but it's because, and the reason they're, you know, it's because they, they figure if you, you know, the way they look at it, and this is just, I'm going to give you inside baseball here, if they let you live, then they die, that's how it, you know, remember the Rolling Stone song, Soul Survivor? Kind of getting at this, you know, as on uh, "Exile on Main Street" album, you know, basically, a, you know, uh, advocating masturbation for all people and homeless and you know bisexuality, and you know, uh, you know, indoctrination, <laughs> and then the right political party, of course. Oh no, no, it's just it's hilarious what people uh, have believed and done in their lives. Believing they were right, That's <laughs> amazing. It's just amazing. How can you live with yourself? jeez I, 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 that's one reason to go to Jesus because we can't live with ourselves after what we've done. but I like this power idea. I had some kind of secret powers, they thought, and I and 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 they they one time they started calling me reckless, like your your name is reckless. You you know, you're just destroying everything you touch. I said, when, where, how? You see, because it's all a psychosis in their minds. It's the same reason they had to get rid of Jesus. I mean, not not that I'm like Jesus, but it's the same principle of, you know, kill all the firstborn to get that one. Because that one would be the end of Herod. You know, that one's going to be the end of Pharaoh. That one is going to, right? Why would they want to do that? kill all the firstborn, just to get one guy? That one guy must be pretty powerful. They must be really afraid of him. And then the person, the, the the target themselves, they don't know they have any powers. They don't even understand anything they're talking about. But they do know they're being targeted. And they then they would say, yeah, well, I was targeted for no reason. Oh, there's a reason. It's deep in the chapters of the real mystery book, isn't it? You know, you are a—they've known you for millions of years. You—you existed before this world. You, know, you are the end of them. They are also the end of you. Except that you never go away. So let's say they took me out and killed me. You know, let's say they were successful in the last run. The the fake hospital. Um, It's like almost like the matrix. It doesn't really matter because I I never go away. Do you know? do Do you see that? Well, I'm trying to get you to look at yourself. That you never go away. They go away. Plenty. They're in a group. They're a collective. They're they're NPC characters in the hive mind, and they can't do whatever they want. They have to keep their mouth shut about all the secret stuff that we're alluding to. But the soul survivors, i.e. Jesus' lambs, that God gave Jesus, you know, God kind of, you know, becomes a man and then gives over the lambs to Jesus, who apparently was with these, the same people before the foundation of the world. See, these are very profound things to consider. Very profound, you know, advanced esoteric things in the Bible to consider. Very advanced, which is why they don't want you... See, the Bible is a key to total liberation because what's the one thing they do to you that keeps them on top, like right now today? Okay? They prey on your self-confidence. They make sure you feel that you're a piece of shit and you hide in the corner and you try to stay out of the way. And as long as that's, if they've got that, you know, they've got the, the whole world bass backwards, right? Um, Because if you ever did have confidence and if you ever did figure out what they did to you, man, there wouldn't be anyone left alive. You'd be calling in the nuclear strike, they think. Of course, you wouldn't in Christ. You would hand it all over to Jesus, to the Lord for the perfect judgment. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. But I am not mocked, the Lord says. What you sow, world, that is what you will reap. And the thing about us survivors from, you know, basically abuse physical and mental and emotional abuse, is that they shatter us so that we can never ever be whole again. You know, we have kind of a semblance of wholeness in Christ, but it's never kind of like the other guy that was, he wasn't damaged like we were, so he's more whole, more, quote, normal. But all that really means ultimately is that he needs to be broken. God will break him. God doesn't want any. God will break us all until we're we're all like the same. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that have been, you know, survivors of you know satanic abuse, but I mean, you know, murder, gang stalking, all that. It's the same. It's it's all ritual. It's all ordained on certain dates, and like Maui, you know, they they they, they went ahead and did their 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 Dresden firebombing on eight eight, which is a You know, Maui area code is 808, right? That's the area code. 88 is an important number in Maui, and and there's a number of things that happen on 88. You can look them up. But uh, 8 is a special number there. I don't know why completely. I mean, you have to dig deep down into it. Some of you who are good with numbers and you study numbers, uh, you you tell me. But there it is on 88. 88. And if you look at the pictures of Dresden, World War II, considered to be, you know, the things that the United States has done, you know, we haven't paid for yet. Nagasaki, Hiroshima, Dresden, and a number of other atrocities. You know, COVID-19, you know, collaboration with the Chinese. I mean, we've done so many bad things that you'd have to kill each one of us a hundred times over and you still wouldn't be even. That's how bad the U.S. is. So when people get out the flag, I'm like, well, you know what I mean? Since I know the truth, I mean, I, I, I would love to get back on track, like with the Constitution and everything, but we're so far gone, we need to repent. And then let's see what, what Jesus does. Because, you know, any anything like on my effort of raising up the Constitution, forming a group, having these Patriot Award ceremonies or having alternative radio, it's all... It's, it's all moot. It's a, you know, I'm, I'm, yes, we're glad someone's trying to fight back on some level, but it's all a moot point because unless and until this nation repents, it's going to hell and fast. And um, first there must be a reckoning, and then you, know, you want your thousand years of peace and all that, and that, that's coming, but you have to understand there's a reckoning that has to happen first. You know, and right now the reckoning is replacement of useless eaters in the United States with the Chinese. That's the future. That's, that's the replacement. The Chinese will invade. I don't know when, but I mean, they're going to invade and, you know, aided by the U.S. military. Look. The people have forgiven the military in Maui. They, I, I know the, the Mauians, they you know, simple kind of, you know, it's kind of a simple lifestyle. It's not really a competitive thing completely. You know, it's, it's not really urban. It's just, it's island life is in some places like Maui where there's a lot, there's a lot of angst about the tourists and a lot of hatred, uh, you know, because that, you know, most Hawaiians feel cheated and, are uh, and have been, but there's no way to get back by playing ball with the devil, you know? Right. It's still not. But um, they were bringing uh, food supplies and water and stuff and medical supplies in for the people. And the military turned them away. The U.S. military. So not only the Navy is on the hook, but now we have the U.S. military fucking assholes who were, uh, can't even believe that, you know, we have a military like this. They're all just a waste of flesh. The U.S. couldn't win a, win a war of hearts and minds ever again. But the technology that we have can eliminate the entire world in one, you know, in 15 minutes. So, you know, see what I mean? That's where we are. So we have the psycho military blocking food supplies because Oprah doesn't want them to have it. They're starving them out, obviously, just like Klaus Schwab and, you know, blowing up all the food processing and, you know, cutting supply lines so that. <laughs> Excuse me. So that we don't have, um, so that we don't have. Uh, now I miss my dog. Where's my Ben's? I know, I know he barks and stuff, but I'm like, you know, I worry. There's bands of coyotes out there. Well, anyway, okay. So, so here's the deal. There's no way back now. We've crossed the Rubicon, and we are responsible. We did it. You don't look to the other guy. Don't look to Oprah as, like, the the bad guy, and you're good. We're not good. We uh, indulged in sin and selfishness, and this is where it got us. The 80s were just filled with godlessness and selfishness, and this is when you know, these prophets came over here, like, you know. You know, they said, God's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, uh, after seeing the United States, and this is back in the 80s, you know, the 70s, right? <laughs> and now it's a million times worse. It's literally awful. It's a horrible place. And it's by design. And any any city that becomes a blue city, you know, the Democrats are sold out to Lucifer. You know that. Left-handed path, but it's because they're sold out to Saul Alinsky, and so notice how, because they all do the same technique. Whenever they get caught doing something, they blame Trump, let's say, or they blame the Republican, or they blame, you know, wh- white supremacy. Have you ever, right? That's a, that's in the Saul Alinsky Rules for Radicals book, how to do that. They all do it. They've all been trained. So the Democrat Party represents totalitarianism, peak Orwell, and enslavement of all human beings. That's what they represent. Not left-wing like, well, let's have, fairness and equity and give out a a universal income. No, there's not going to be any universal income. There's not going to be anything like that. That's all lies, just like global warming is a lie. They're trying to make this entire Maui thing into some kind of global warming, climate change thing. And they're just liars, but people believe it because they're fucking stupid. They're just stupid. They're wearing masks again in town here. You know, you start to see one, two, then three, then a few more. And they're getting their—they're lining up to get their COVID shots, you know—and they're, and they're dropping dead, you know. Now the shots, though, I understand are tainted with something, so you don't die right away, but they cut like ten or twenty years off your life. So you kind of go along, but you don't die of COVID—you die of something else, cancer, even HIV—and that's what clips you. So they already in their actuarial tables, they're already factoring that in. So they'll limit life. They end the sp- the sperm count. They replace with other people. They get the immigrants for the labor. They get the Chinese for the management. Boom. Now, could it have been the Chinese that uh, firebomb Lahaina? Because the the Chinese, like like the Japanese, Japanese love the Hawaii. They're 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 invested there more than just about anybody else. They they built all the golf courses and. The Japanese built one of the big hotels in Wailea, the Grand Wailea. Apparently that was built with y- Yakuza money, you know, Yakuza gang money, you know, money laundering. And uh, it was at that time a billion dollars. Today it would be like $10 billion. You know what I mean? It's just a playground for the upwardly mobile spoiled brats. Then they have a, a tower in the middle of it called the Napua Tower, where you're isolated from any of the public in you know, these these fabulous suites you know $10,000 a night suites and stuff like that i um i find it disgusting you know i, I and, and i find the whole that whole hotel scene disgusting i find the people completely disgusting i mean utterly totally disgusting but when i was there it was mainly people from oracle all of them like you know trading stocks around the pool and it's a money, 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 and it's, 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 it's a, yeah, if you're a sense of, you can't take being around people like that, you know. You see enough of them at the airport, you know, they're, you know they, and they all think they're going to be like Mark Zuckerberg one day, and they all try to hobnob. They don't realize they're, they're slaves of Zuckerberg. They're slaves of Silicon Valley. They're never going to make it because confiscatory taxes will take them out before they ever get to be billionaires, and the ones who are were selected to be that, For whatever reason, they have certain powers, they have certain bloodline, they have a, you know, bloodline is very important to these people, people that run everything, which is sorcery. That's what runs everything, right? Maui was sorcery, as much as it was advanced technology. But qui bono, and all of a sudden, Oprah pops out. Oprah pops right out and she gives a soundbite. I'm going to donate a lot as soon as I see the, building pl- the rebuilding plans. Now, what kind of an asshole would say something like that? Well, she obviously feels like she's the queen of Maui and that you will bow down to her uh, to, to, to do anything. That's really what it comes down to. Anyway, yeah, Oprah, you know, bottom line, Oprah ruined Maui. Well, when I was a kid, there was like there were hippies out there. Like if you drive past Hana, you drive around that other side of the island where it's not really developed. I guess you could drive... You can drive past Kihei and Wailea and then keep going around that way. You know, there's sort of, there's that backside. And there were like these kids living in the jungle trying to sell you ganja as you drove through on these dirt roads. You know, beautiful stuff. No hotels, no nothing. You know, just, just looked like... Uh, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a reclaimed paradise, and um, you know, it, it, it's really quite, you know, horrifying to um, to consider that uh, you know, Hana is also a place for hiking up the waterfalls and you know, jungle, you know what I mean, rainforest. Hiking up there, living in a tent, you know, getting dry, and then you know, skinny dipping in the pools. And, uh, you know, eating coconuts and you know, just, you know, being, you know, for uh, having a semblance of being free. Be like, you know, Tarzan or something. Well, anyway, that's all gone. And uh, they police that now. And, and Upcountry was the uh, place where a lot of these kind of people went. The people that want to be locals, they don't want to be tourists, they don't want to be around the tourists. They live up in these little towns, Haiku, Makawao paella whatever you know these little towns up there and that goes up all the way to the crater weather changes you get like almost a new zealand type of vibe up way up there lots of grass and lots of you know horses and anyway the bottom line is uh that was burning too now now whether those fires were set they may not be subject to being like a you know, a, a well, I hate to say particle beam because that's this, that, we're way beyond that now. <laughs> Try, you know, a <laughs> you know, beam that like takes you out of one dimension into another, or a time travel beam, you know, that's, you know, a dimensional portal beam, uh, you know, melt, uh, you know, melt the moon into nothing beam. Um, you know, you get powerful enough in any, any enemy, any proposed enemy, you just zap them from the sky. Like, you know, people just kind of like fall over and die from. Getting zapped from the sky, getting zapped with the right electricity from a, you know, they could watch you and they, oh, that's one. And they'd see you and they go, oh, a threat, threat number eight right there. Okay. Push the button, take him out. Boom. Heart attack. Okay. Next, please. So we're at that level. So why wouldn't they take out Maui? I mean, you know, it was really obvious, but when I say the Navy, it's because the Navy has been the forefront in all the research and all the research going on with my friend and all that was all um, under the control of the Navy. U.S. Navy, even though it was being done in the, de- in the desert. So maybe that doesn't answer your question completely. <laughs> I put up a post the other day that said, way to go, Navy. <speaking in foreign language> Is that nice? Sing along. <speaking in foreign language> oh, it's so nice. That, that proud Salute. 21-gun salute. Yeah. Watch as we throw Bin Laden into the sea. <laughs> Joke. Clown world beyond clown world. But as long as the people remain stupid, dumb, I mean really dumb. How, but how dumb do you have to be? Trish? Yeah. Would you be a dear and hand me a, a, that Harari book? I, I'm not guaranteeing. I I just want to read a couple of lines from it. It's right there. On the, I might need a flashlight. Hey, is Ben's okay? Yeah, he's eating. Oh shoot, man, he doesn't love me anymore. He's not here interrupting the podcast. He's eating. He's not here interrupting the podcast. Okay. Please don't complain about that. Right, well, I, how about, I, mean, about I, I might need glasses. I might need a flashlight. Fl- oh shit, I need a flashlight. Something. All right. Um, gee this print is so small it's called Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari and I don't like to really just tear a person apart until I you know want to this is his most important book so I want to you know at least uh, read the man Um, you know and then the more I read the more I'm like this guy needs to be ripped to shreds this guy's an intellectual midget I'm sorry Dr. Zelensky. you know rest in peace by the way, um, I've tried Zelensky's. Uh, did I tell you about the gummies that they're making? They're, you know, the guy that makes the Z Stack, and he's got one called Z Night for not for sleeping, pretty good. And also, there's a. Uh, oh, oh, thank you, sweetie. Okay, good. now let's see if I can find my place from yesterday. The end of Homo sapiens. <laughs> oh. Oh, just, I love how, you know, how, how glib he is, how, how unaware of himself he is. Guess because everyone strokes him, you know, the return of Neanderthals. He's really ex- excited about chimera, you know, cloning and chimeras and, you know, I'm just trying to find what I read. Um. Just so you kind of have a uh, um, okay. Here's a sentence. Okay, I'm sorry I can't find it, so I can read. But I mean, there's there's a million excerpts you could take out of this. So I, I'd recommend if you if you you know want to uh, do you know. You could have like a picture of Harari and put one of these like little lines that he says here as a meme. For example, it says, "Okay, on, on, this is the afterword." Seventy thousand years ago, Homo sapiens was still an insignificant animal, living its own, living minding its own business in the corner of Africa. In the following millennia, it transformed itself into the master of the entire planet, and the terror of the ecosystem. Okay. And a lot of people, you know, may you know agree with that, but what's what's missing is, well, how did that happen? You know? <laughs> he he you know, in other words, man is evil and must be eliminated. That's why the last chapter is called the End of Homo sapiens. Okay. Here's another statement. Now this is quite inflammatory. And I hope you can handle this, but here it is. If the curtain is indeed about to drop on sapiens history, we members of one of its final generations should devote some time to answering one last question: What do we want to become? And, you know, and and to that I'd say, look, it's not about you, Harari. It's not about me. You know, but you don't get that. It's, You just want to go and So he says, the question, sometimes known as the human enhancement question, right? Human enhancement. Oh, yes. They're all racing for that. Dwarfs the debates that currently preoccupy politicians, philosophers, scholars, and ordinary people. GFY. After all, today's debate between today's religious ideologies, uh, religions, ideologies, nations, and classes, will in all likelihood disappear along with homo sapiens. If our successors indeed function on a different level of consciousness, or perhaps possess something beyond consciousness that we cannot even conceive, yeah, up your ass, buddy. It seems doubtful that Christianity or Islam will be of any interest to them, that their social organization could be communist or capitalist, no different from uh, which is a religion dummy. Or that their genders could be made uh, could be male or female. I'll just leave it right there. I can't take it anymore. I, I you know this guy needs to be bitch slapped around the. Be great to challenge him in an MMA fight, you know, in a cage match. I mean, th- th- does that? Can you believe how dumb this guy is to to write these platitudes that have been you know basically old shop worn sci fi thing. It, it's just terrible that he, with no intellect, could be a, you know a baby, is an intellectual leader, and they all follow him. They read that last statement, that last sentence like I read, they take it to heart. Oh, what do you want to become, Jish? Would you like some human enhancement? Uh, you know, since Homo sapiens is going to die now, the only reason it's going to die is because they're killing it, because he wants to murder it. He's a fool. He's a fool. And we know it. And no matter how much I scream about it, nobody a cage match. Well, me, I'm an old man with a cane now. I, what can I do? I, I can just use my mind and make him levitate and stick him on the ceiling, and then you guys, you know, can uh, use him for, you know, use him for. Uh... Oh no, Okay. Here's Ben's. Ben's is back. All right. Well. Anyway. So. Would you like another espresso? Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah, and I have been procrastinating on the but I think I'm going to go back to Substack with a book. Um, I'm really into it, but just, I mean, I always I felt remiss after I left. I felt like, but I also felt I was being spied on. So, what do you do in a situation like that? A lot of people, I've you know, I I, I hooked a lot of people with the book, and I'm hooked too. I want to see where it goes because right now Zeph is in the psych ward. And I know you'd like to read about that. Zeff isn't like me. Zeff was special ops, and Trish, you know, he. We can't go to Trish's point of view because I can't violate the single point of view of of Zef. right? It's a Zeff point of view story, and so we have to stay with that. We can, Zeff can think. Well, I wonder what Trish is doing. They've cut them. They've separated them, but Trish has contacts. Um, you know, people with guns you know people that that raid uh you know pedophile organizations you know human trafficking organizations and gangs and basically take out the bad guys and free the children so i mean it's, it's you know stranger to combat i mean in her fictional self so but but i can't show that unless Zeph is either remembering it you know i just feel i feel a need not to violate that that one thing cuz it gets pretty Expressionistic, like when you start seeing these giant centipedes on the ceiling and the, all kinds of little creatures running around, a little gnome that, uh, in a hoodie that's going to show up on Dragon Island, too, another film project. And, um, you know, if I get any more out there, it, it has become unintelligible, you know what I mean? So, multiple points of view on this story. It's really about. One man's, you know, horror in the hospital, and you learn more about this man, this this Zeph. But it's not me; it's the characters developing their own set of circumstances. And as we go back into Zeph's memory, we start kind of understanding who he really is, you know, kind of in flashback rather than you know setting that up ahead of time. It's a better way to do it, I think, in this case because you get the the good stuff, and then you have time to reflect and you know about. Uh, you know, Zef was a, a person that uh, had sold a, some, a company and, and has a, had a different life of rescuing human trafficking victims and and working even with Homeland Security, w- working with with government. You know, in, in in you know in in sync with the government, and had been not an NGO, but um, you know, I guess it's functioning like an NGO would would be. You know, and has those relationships and has that combat training and, you know, and, and all those things. Now an old man in the uh, in the ER, and they're on to him because they see that he's he's getting on to what's happening there. And they're, you know, basically, at this point, um, you know, the one guy that showed him the military bus coming into the hospital every night, just this bus comes in and leaves, you know, with a, with a guy in military uh, attire driving, you know, right? It's like, wh- wh- what's that? <laughs> And then he'd, he'd also seen already a, 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 a surgical theater that may or may not exist. It could have been in a dream where they, you know, where they knew he was there watching and where surgery was then likened to satanic ritual. Right? They're standing around a circle. This happened in Girl Next, too. There's they, they, they on a, at a medical table... With Lorian West, and then she's surrounded by these, you know, kind of cult members, and then you never really found out if they were cult members or not. But that's that's a subject for future stories. We intend to do a lot more. Well, I intend to, you know, follow Lorian. I've already written a sequel of what happens to Lorian after she leaves. You know, the uh, the the um, the ranch, and how the uh, SUVs come in, and the cleaners come in, and they clean up the bodies and the blood and and they take her for debriefing. And and that sort of starts a whole new episode, a whole new understanding about what, what you've just been through. Most people, when they see Girl Next, need a couple of days to kind of unwind from it. I mean, it's, um, you know, it can trigger a lot of different emotions in people, mainly, mainly anger from the worlders. I mean, just <laughs> complete, total, insane anger. You know, I mean, I almost feel like they want to kill us. And I don't know what exactly we did, but it's it's somehow triggering. So... You know, I found that when I was watching Girl Next, like I'd put Tubi on and and there it would be in my face. It would be just one of the popular movies there. So I'd put it on and um, I'm only going to watch a couple minutes of it. And then I just kind of get sucked in and I go, "Oh God, I didn't notice that before or I didn't think about that before or think about what she was saying. See, now when she's saying she had parents and all that, I kind of doubt it. She may be, a you know, a clone trying to look for, you know, uh, a soul. Uh, it, you know, it, it, I'm just not sure. And she had an epiphany with, uh, you know, during the time she got empowered and she was looking up and spinning around like she was being empowered by God. But, you know, really you could look at that as just programming kicking in too where she becomes a lion. She said, I'm a lion. And then she went and killed everybody. <laughs> and so... You know, from from a little doll, you know, a Sophia doll, what they call, it? you know, they even call robot sex sex um, robots are called Sophia's too. Okay, so a Sophia doll, and um, and again, they pick her up, and in the debriefing, you know, they're 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 grooming her to take out a very important person, and so they have her going through training, like you know, um, being on a, you know, taking out a couple of drug dealers and all that on a you know, down in South America and then, uh, you know, and then trying to get uh, off the beach and then having a bunch of people coming at her and having to go up against combat with a bunch of people. And, you know, she handles that no problem. You know, but then the people are divided as to whether to send her on the mission or not because if she blows the mission, there won't be another chance to kill this guy. So that's kind of, you know, where it is with her. But you get to see the people handling her, the, you know, the the really deep, dark black ops, you know, dark operations area, you know, and it gets into like a spiritual war ultimately. And that's what our, you know, that our next project, Never Ever After, that's what that's going to be about. It's really about good and evil, but it's about how the world becomes a program. It, it, it's like picture the world as, and it's coming to an end, but it's almost like they're now able to create quantum worlds. Like the world that you're in right now it might not be the same ten minutes from now, and they're controlling it, and then you're but it looks the same but but then it's coming to an end, but did it really come to an end, or did you wake up somewhere else after it came to an end? you were existing somewhere else now you're on the same was it a dream you know what I mean so there's that kind of thing that's that's kind of bleeding in right now, and um so that's uh That's kind of where Never Ever After is. It's basically an apocalyptic tale of, you know, the end of everything. But then it isn't. And uh, so we're out there. You know, this one will not be the same. You know, we started with a very, you know, shoestring budget, and and we did a really good job, you know, considering so limited resources. And now we're on the verge of doing something with, you know, enough... uh, you know, money to, uh, you know, to do it with, you know, recognizable people. And, you know, it's a whole different level of production, which, which you know, will probably uh, convince people uh, a lot better than no-name actors like a girl next to just shoving this thing in your face, which, well, I saw what happened. I mean, But, again, we have a growing fan base of Girl Next that we were just requested... I have to be able to say a few things are going on. We just got requested uh, there's i can't remember the town's name it's it's about a you know i don't know seventy kilometers south of Barcelona in France. There's a festival by an ocean city in a really nice kind of a you know really nice town and uh it's about you know it'd, it'd take miles maybe a hundred you know 50, 200 miles from Marseille, which is a big port in south of France, and then, and then Italy. You know, Italy right after that. So it's within range of something like Florence, Italy. But I mean, uh, so it's right there in that area, and um, they specifically requested Girl Next, and um, you know that uh, of, of all the things that we have to offer, they they wanted that one, and um, so it's just. It keeps on with you know awards and different things and then and then the outraged public is just you know how dare you make a movie like that? They're just like you know wanting to you know punish us and then it's so they tried at first calling it a slasher film with horrible acting and horrible writing and horrible directing and horrible music, and I played some of this music, didn't I, insane it's on the same level as like the best composers in the world. That's what Colin is. And then if he weren't like that, I'd be doing the music myself and I don't do it. And maybe, maybe a couple of songs here and there I contribute, but I can't do what he does. I can't even get close to where he's at. He's amazing. He's like, you know, it's like having Hans Zimmer in the house. It really is. I'm not exaggerating. It, It really is. He's, he's better than everything. And, um, I wish I could play some now. I, I actually, he put up on his uh, SoundCloud. And if you want to go to SoundCloud to hear some of it, you can go to uh, Colin McGinnis, and that's M C G I N N E S S. Kind of a, you know, not quite an Irish spelling, kind of a different spelling. Anyway, uh, Colin McGinnis SoundCloud page, and he's got the uh, Dark Side of Society up there, which is the doc that's going to premiere. He had to put that up there because he's doing an interview with the BBC about composing so he put up girl next he put up some quantum devil tracks i put one on the facebook but my favorite one i think is is from the dark side of society it's called from the heart i think it's like the last track that he has up there and it's all good i just need to you know i want to publish these records i just need more help i you know i I'm, I'm very limited with what i can do and i still have to output writing and writing's you know I'll do anything to avoid writing. It's just painful, very painful. You know, when you do it well, it's painful. When you, when you think you're really styling, you know, when you're really hot. Like I had this one friend who goes, well, writing comes easy to me. And yeah, well, that's why, you, you know, no one reads you because it's like you, you, you're too facile. Writing has to be crafted. It's got to be, you know, and the, the real writing doesn't happen until the second or third draft anyway you know, the first draft is, uh, forget about it. You're not going to get it on the first draft. And sometimes you're going to sit on oh, the thesaurus and a sentence and you're going to something's wrong with this sentence and you're going to figure it out. And that takes time and it takes energy and it takes the will to do it, to, to not get lazy, to not just let it go by. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not for everybody. I, i you know, I used to write like that very fast on stuff. I get one screenplay done after another and none of them sold, you know? And, uh, and it's, 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 you know, it's my fault. The screenplay is even more, more of a rewrite job because nobody can, can nail it. Cause it's a translation. It's like blueprint for a building. You know, you you know, you do the first draft and you get the kind of the basics down and then you realize your structure's all wrong. And that's what I realized. And, and never, ever after, the, the script really came together after four years of development and three writers, uh, me and two other guys. I mean, I, I wrote the bulk of everything, but, um, you know, I've, I was happy to have some objective eyes on there, you know, digging in. And after all this and all all, you know, published, you know, screenwriters, all, you know with credits and stuff, you know, pros, right? So after all this, I was on that last draft. And we must have done 30 drafts. So I'm on that last draft. And lo and behold, I figured out what was wrong with the structure in the third act. And all this time, it had eluded us. And it was just like, you know, with like with Girl Next. You know, it wasn't until we filmed that last scene where she was out there, you know, teaching women how to... How to uh, shoot guns, you know, in the in the little uh, surprise thing in the credits. And I realized, and Larry realized, we both kind of realized that at first it just fell flat. It's like, that's not Lorian. We- what, what are we doing? She settles down to be like a self-defense instructor. You've got to be kidding me. What were we thinking? And then we realized, you know, and it's in the it's in the story, you know, all the different versions of Lorian: scientist, teacher, librarian, rock star, assassin. And it just, it it just really it's a mind bender. It, it causes you to really have to think about things. And then, of course, if you go further in the Quantum Quartet with us, it'll get you know never ever after very much a crowd pleaser, but not for what you think. It's still got. You've still got to. You be dazzled by a lot of the images and a lot of the action that goes on, but still, it's 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 you can't just let it go at that. And then you know, the finale, which literally brings the dragon. The dragon's literally real. Dragon Island is. uh, It's all about uh, Satan wanting souls. But Satan is not Satan. The dragon's first in mythology. And then the dragon's offspring, Marduk, became the king of Babylon, and he was also Satan. So there, there you go. Right? The dragon came first. And the dragon is called Tiamat. And tiamat can also appear as a beautiful girl on the beach you know and and, uh you know very seductive and and reeling you in and um you know that that's the whole point that we're all replaceable that's one thing you got to understand when you grow up realize just repeat this to yourselves i am replaceable you know, so it's like you can't take your job for granted or you can't rest on your laurels. you got to keep pushing because, you know, we're all replaceable. You know, if God, if God can't use you, he's just going to move on to the next day. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Okay. It's about time you barked. I wonder. <laughs> well, he, well he's just saying that he's here now. And he wants to, you know, he's, he's here and it's, it's about time for me to end this thing. Well, we were talking about Novel Harari, and we were talking about Oprah and uh, her Maui exploits, and then, um, yeah, uh, I uh, I can't believe how we we called that ahead of time. On day one, we called it, and you know, it, it was like Oprah, right? Day one, and there she is. She actually goes on camera, you, you know. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe how dumb she is. I can't believe how dumb her handlers are. I can't believe how dumb people are in general. They're just dumb. If you want to be crafty about it, you don't go on. You know, and and she does. Oh, believe me, she's a, you know a sorceress. You 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 want to um, you, you know you 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 don't put Oprah's face out there. And of course, that's all tied to Obama and Michelle and all that because you know Hawaii, as I said. Remember Obama's roots, or Punahou, on Oahu, The most exclusive prep school in the world, and the most expensive in the world. But it's a school where if you get in there, you get to go surfing. But nobody graduates there unless you're ready for the New World Order. Nobody. Nobody. It's funny, I can see, there's a picture I saw of the, I think it was the headmaster, shaking, I think it was either Obama's hand or somebody, doing the perfect Masonic handshake. It's just like, oh God. Here we go again. Here we go again. No, no, we, what is it? So if I look at you, okay, give me five. Give me five. Okay. Okay, buddy. A lot of times I call him doc because, you know, I've gone through a major health crisis which i seem to have not been, I haven't dealt with it emotionally yet. Maybe I don't have to. I haven't really acknowledged that that was basically it and God saved me. So I'll say it here. God saved me because they'd already written me off in the ER. Okay? They were taking bets that I wouldn't even make it out of there to a room. They were sure I was going to have a cardiac arrest. They were positive I I was done. But God wasn't done with me. I had to get sick like that in order to get back on track where I am now. I'm really, you know, 10 times sharper, energized. I don't I don't What What is it now? He's so cute. That you're getting it. If I look over here and talk to you, then he starts barking. Okay, Benz. Well, the people out there like hearing from you. huh? He wants to play. He's wound up. Yeah, Trish, he's... Okay, he's back. <laughs> well, I worried about... I, he was gone, and I, we have so many coyotes around here. I'm just... I'm going to have to start shooting them, you know, um, uh, which is... I think it's legal. Our neighbor, two, door, two, two properties over, they, they shoot the coyotes. So I guess it's okay. I, I hate to shoot anything. So I put a fence up so that would keep them out. You know what I mean, and that would be like, you know, my way of dealing with it. Rather than, than I'm not that good of a shot anyway. Just, I don't have a hunting rifle with a scope, which is really what you need. And now, um, yeah, but the guy next door, he he takes them out all the time. You know, the the, the 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 person at the next next door, they had a bunch of little dogs. They all got eaten by the coyotes. We had cats. They were eaten by the coyotes. They're just, you know, they're, they're very clever. They're very, they're insouciant, you know, they're, they're naughty. They're, they're, uh, Eric, they're arrogant, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they have that spirit of, uh, you know, of, um, you know, um, mischief. I'll just put it that way. Wiley Coyote, right? Wiley. Uh, but it's okay. You know, we have a lot of dangers here and I'm, you know, i have I, I was very happy to have wound up, you know, without people. You know, because I get I get confused around a lot of people as to which are what thoughts are my thoughts and what thoughts are their thoughts. I start thinking their thoughts, and then I start getting really bad, really down on myself. You know, like I I start realizing this person that's smiling at me wants me dead, so I better you know I need a retreat. So I, I go to where I can I don't even see. it. I can't. You know, I just see endless. Endless New Mexico land. I'm like, oh, even that's not far enough. You know, but it's it's all from, um, if there's a problem here, it's not my fault. Like, everything is my fault. And I would say, well, you made me into a Superman. Like, I'm responsible for every bad thing that's happened. And I don't even know it. And it's like, See, that's not even true. It's what they believe. They, they get into a mass psychosis about something, and then they kill Jesus, and then they kill John the Baptist, and then they kill, right? They get into a mass thing about white people, and they kill white people. They, this is what they do. These are the evil ones. And by the way, they're not the same species. I liken them to the children of Cain. They're protected by God, but they are the side of evil, and they will never change. I've known people that kind of wishy-washy back and forth, but they always sort of defaulted to the devil, you know, when they died. They never really repented. They they, they tried to play a game with God, and they lost, but they never had any intention of really. They they disdain our very existence and breath. They disdain if even if you give them a million dollars, you know, as a donation, they hate you, and they still hate you, and they smile as they stab you in the back and cut your throat. It, it's just the nature of, they're they're made to be like they are, because if you notice, and here's my theory, they all act the same. They all react the same, right? They do the same thing, and you can predict what they'll do. And then, it's funny, you predict what they'll do. They're going to throw Trump in jail now. You know what I mean? And then they go ahead and do it. And then that causes the sentiment to go completely with Trump. Supreme Court throws it out. Trump exonerated, you know, and and then the, the left blaming, you know, and then back to white supremacy. And Oprah's a goddess. And it goes on and on and on, and they never stop, because they're not... The, the way their head is wired, it's not the same as the way yours is wired. I'm wired into eternity. I'm wired into, there is no death for me. That's why you don't see me, you know, afraid of death. I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid of God because I, you know, I'm afraid that I don't measure up. So I try when I am conscious to keep thanking him and praising him and, you know, make up for what I haven't done right. You too? <laughs> well... Look, I'd rather be there than be all arrogant and and you know, wh- you know, f- feeling self-righteous about locking people up in jail that didn't do anything wrong just because I'm powerful, just because I'm a bully, just because I'm Cain and I murder. If you've got a better thing, if I got if I'm winning at chess and I'm about to take your king and your queen and the whole bit, I'm about to get that checkmate. They're going to take the table kick it over and then blame you for having cheated even though they cheated anything that they do they blame on you uh it's the those votes were trump's fault hey look i'm no fan of trump's lying about the uh you know warp speed i mean i'm i put him in the same class as oprah with that one but i'm also not for you know you know, railroading people into jail for no reason and becoming like, you know, the USSR in the darkest moments of the Cold War. I'm not for that either. Becoming this, this Kafka nation of, you know, people getting thrown in jail, never finding out why, they went, why they're in jail. Of, you know, you don't think, and it can go the other way, but there's them and there's us. And I and looked at it, 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 studied, 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 all my life, 70 years. And I'm, they're not, I'm not the same as them and they're not the same as me and we can't coexist. Someone's going to die, you know, and now as we can see on a mass scale, it's all playing out the way I said it was. It's all playing out exactly the way I described when I said it's everything everywhere all at once. Not all at once, that's a movie. It's everything, everywhere, all the time. All the time. 7 guy tied right into the system. Yeah? And when he looks at you, his eyes are hooked up into the hive and they all see you. And the next thing you know, they start arriving in their cars at the 7-Eleven. And then they start following you. And if you don't divert them, they're going to follow you home. How do they know you were there? The 7 guy. They look through his eyes. They have that capability. They're not really human anymore. But they gave that up when they, when they bowed down to Satan, and then they were made to do a lot of bad things, and they got traumatized, and then they got uh, taken over by a demonic hive that's all, all psychically connected. That's what happened. And yes, the technology is very advanced. You like that? You like making that squeaky noise? Okay. With that, I did a little song about Maui. I'm going to put it on for you. And, uh, you know, this is in the hopes that, really, that I am just hope your suffering can be eased. I mean, look. Look what I went through. You know what I mean? I could have really... I don't know. I'm in a good mood today. I mean, you know, I don't know why. It's got to be God because, I mean, most people that go through something like that where everything is wrong and you have to go to one specialist after another and they, they all tell you you fail and you have to be on drugs forever and your life is ruined and all that, they get depressed. In fact, on my chart, they have a thing, like when you're reading the chart, they keep saying, they keep doing a test to see if I'm depressed. And then they want me to come in for counseling and For antidepressants. It's a big bit. I mean, they're pure evil, folks. But the reason I'm not depressed is because the Most High God. If I was worried about, if I didn't have the Lord, though, and I was 69 years old, oh my God, I'd be depressed. If this was it, my life was over, and everyone around me is a piece of shit. You know what I mean? And people are just no damn good, and there's nothing good anywhere, and my whole life has been a waste, and all my kids and all my, you know, wives, kids, everything has been all for nothing, and all the work I did is all for nothing, and everything I did is but vapor and it doesn't matter and fuck you and all that. I'd be really depressed. If all of it came to nothing. Everything I've done has all come to nothing. And I'm not depressed because it has to go to nothing, because everything is vanity, don't you know? Because my uh, well, very wise teacher once taught me that even the, 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 the writing of lots of books or the reading of lots of books is but vanity too. Gathering knowledge is but vanity. Everything is vanity, except for f- fear God and, and, you know, do everything you can to keep those commandments, keep, keep, Keep God first place. You know what I mean? That's that's the one thing, the, the the if you want to crystallize all of Solomon's teachings into one thing, it's fear God and keep his commandments. And that's the whole duty of man, okay? Ecclesiastes twelve. And that's where it all leads. Sure, there's a season for war, there's a season for harvest, there's a season to plant, there's a season for sorrow. There's all these different seasons. Um but with God, we don't worry about, you know, I mean, I've, a friend of mine was, you know, all he does is sleep and cry, you know, as a senior citizen guy, sleeping and crying and crying and sleeping. And he just says, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to do it over again. I want to relive it again. I want another chance, please. I'll do it right this time. I, I just need another chance. I just need another, and um, so the psychiatrist put him on antidepressants. Now I don't know who he is, but he he, he has become he has developed a Jekyll Hyde personality since that happened. You know, one is has murderous intent, and hopefully that doesn't come to fruition, and the other one is. Uh, you know, a normal person, you know, but, but then there's that other half, and they warn you about this with these antidepressants. And um, I suppose that's better in some way than lying in bed and crying all day, you know. But he, this was a person who was successful, but see, what he doesn't realize is that he did have his victories. He did have his success. He had more success than a lot of people. But see, that's not enough to be able to die, it's not enough, you could have done better if you hadn't done this, if you weren't on drugs, if you didn't lie over here, if you didn't do that, if you didn't do this. You could have had a better run at it. You, 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 you did not live to your potential, you, you know, and nobody does. But the, the, see, these kind of regrets, you could be, you know, you could be a great star that did everything right and made a billion dollars and still be just drowning in sorrow as you get up in the years. And that's because nothing of the past is, is real. There is no such thing as the past. It's only right now. This is what we've got. So there's no reason to be depressed if that's where you can live. That's what the Lord has taught me. He came to me the other night. I hadn't seen him a long time. I go outside now with Ben's in the morning. I go, hi Lord loud. So the neighbor can hear me. (laughs) And, uh, You know, he came to me the other night and um, he doesn't really, you know, I I have felt kind of disconnected from him, you know, here and there, and I need to always reestablish that, but there he was, and he was teaching me to not hold people in such esteem. I.e., don't worry about what they think. They're not worthy of tying your shoelaces. You just have to adapt this. You've just, you're just you going to die of misery if you don't uh, get with it Here's F. You, you know, worrying about what someone says or what they think or anything, you know, you're also discounting me. I mean, don't I have something to do with it? Oh, yeah. I'm comfortable in you. I don't have to worry about anything or what they do or what they say. It doesn't matter. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? God knows, not me. So, you know, he's saying that, you know, when they don't receive your word, and if you're unequally yoked, they're not fit to tie your suitcases. you See, you take the story of Jesus. He said, I send you out by two among the wolves, you know, lambs and you know, sheep among the wolves. And uh, if they don't receive your word, it will be better for Sodom and Gomorrah uh, then it'll be, be like Sodom and Gomorrah for you. If you if you if you don't re- if they don't receive your word, uh, there will be chastisement. And then dust off your sandals, for they're not worthy of you, of you. Not they're above me. They have more money. They have more position. They have more power. I need to kiss their ass. That, no, wrong. Completely opposite of what God wants. But that's what we do. We, we act like that in our human structures. It's all this, uh, you know, I mean, can, you can imagine, you can just imagine what it was like being in Maui and watching all them schmooze together. I just about threw up for the rest of my life on that one. In other words, they're not your friend. The people that you worry about what they think or say are not your friend. Your mother's not your friend. Your father's not your friend. But God's always your friend. He is your mother. He is your father. If your mother and father forsake you, I will never forsake you. And and so come to me with your sorrow. Come to me with your problem. Don't worry about what the other guy is thinking. Come to me and tell me that, you know, to take it off of you so you can be at peace. I see everything. I move all the pieces, not you. My thoughts are above your thoughts. My ways are above your ways. You know, uh, get into the Word. You read the Word, you get that confidence. You see the way God. The only thing that leads to trouble with people is when they they start mixing with other gods. You know, Solomon lost his kingdom. You know, mixing with other gods. You know, worshiping money is another god. Worshiping power is another god. Worshiping black magic is another god. Worshipping the football team is another god. Worshipping the rock stars is another god. And on and on and on. The world wants to hook you on that stuff. To show you people that are extraordinary. That they can dance, they can sing, they can play drums, they can play guitar. Better than you ever will. So you're in a constant state of feeling inferior. And worrying about what everyone thinks. So you will comply. You'll comply. Because. Because you're not worthy anyway. And you hope they don't find out how incompetent you are. So you you kiss their ass. You feel terrible about yourself. You want to die half the time. So you, you get your comfort in, in working really hard. Too hard. Too hard to please people that will never be pleased with you. And then, you know, you take it out on your kids or your wife or your dog or whatever. That's America. That's America, man. But the people won't. They won't yield, Lord. Just like the Israelites, they won't yield. They won't yield. I give you my soul, Lord, completely. I give you my soul, my life, my breath, all of it. It's all up to you. You know, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. That's it. You know, I you know, I like to think it's your idea, not mine and uh so what should we do today lord you know know, what should we where would you like to go what would you like to do how is this going to work out i got to hand you over i was worried in the night and awake and i i can't even remember what i was worried about I, i hand over the worry to you i don't even know what it was about i just feel anxious why should i feel anxious you're the most high god so something isn't right somewhere. Oh no, I don't need Job's friends to tell me I'm sitting over here or over there doing something wrong. You know, it's, it's it's I just have to ask the Lord to straighten me out. Ah, no worries. There are no worries. Except, you know, you of course you worry if they're, they're going to break into your house or they're going to steal something or they're going to Arrest you and lock you up because you you posted on social media that uh, you know Trump should uh, you know not be in jail or something like that. You know I, mean? I mean, who knows what they're at that level? I mean, completely psychotic. And uh, you know, once it's not focused on Trump, it's going to be focused on you know, or Alex Jones or some of these other ones that are in trouble. After that, they focus on you, and will you be ready to handle it? I think. Somebody very smart told me, all we can do is keep our eyes on the Lord. That's, that's, that's the way to get through it. There's no other way. And um, if there's going to be a death, let it be a good death. Let it be a, hopefully a painless death, Lord. But let it be a good death. You know, I just want to come home, Lord, anyway. So that's my motivation. I won't fight it. I just come home. it's so weird that it has gotten down to life or death for all of us isn't it here we are in life or death mode we're about to be you know have a nuclear conflagration you know total world war 3 with with all the our own people trying to get china and russia and everybody else to aim their missiles at us you just average people that meant nobody any harm the ultimate abusers are your government the governments of the world the un all these organizations secret societies all these made men, all these, the billionaire class. You know, Mark Zuckerberg is your enemy, yet you're on Facebook every day. How does that work? He wants you dead. He wants you off his island of Kauai. He'll probably fire burn, fire burn you know, the port of, of Honolulu or whatever that is, the Honolulu Bay. He'll probably just torch it and all the hotels. Lord, I pray for justice. I pray for peace, but I pray for justice. Could it be that Noah Harari doesn't know what he's saying in his book, doesn't know what it makes him look like, doesn't know that he looks like a big fool in your eyes, Lord? So he, he acts like you don't exist. So he's unaccountable, but how do you account for the fact that the people actually follow him? He writes like a third grader. What, what in the world? He should get a job doing comic books. Well, that would be too too hard for him. And with that, I'm going to play my song. So I actually did mix something, you know, about the Maui thing, as a tribute to Maui. And I would just say to people, you know, if, you better be careful if you're going to donate over there that you don't just give it away to some shyster because they're not letting the people have anything. They're taking the land away. They're, taking the, they're letting people die. They're not looking for people. They're stopping food supplies, water. It, it, you know It's a, basically under martial law right now. The military, get out of there now. Get the U.S. out of Maui and the islands. Get them out. Cut the tie. No more statehood. And then let the Mauians figure it out, you know? It, I mean, it's a hard lesson because I've got to cut that money supply off, but, I mean, you know, you don't want, you know, the likes of Bezos and Larry Ellison and Oprah, you know, and, and, and the, the government and the media taking over the Hawaiian Islands and just telling you what to do, turning it into, a, you know, some sort of, you know, a box city. I mean, you, you know, you made that mistake before. You know, you can't have it both ways. You know, it's just like, I don't want to see the Navajos begging the governor here, a real asshole, total, total narcissist, obsessed with jewelry. And now I see, since she's been in government, man, has she gotten rich. Whoa. Wow. Who's paying her off? This place is so corrupt. I would just say, if you can't handle extremes of witchcraft, dark and light, and that's a out in New Mexico. It's not called the land of enchantment for nothing. There's a very dark connotation to that, that term. Now you got some serious... Well, you know, see, here's the problem. You know, you, New Mexico is pretty much, you know, empty of population in the dust. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it never grew? Why do you think it's last in education? Why do you think it's last in everything when there's so much potential, so beautiful and so wonderful? Why is it so bad here? And the answer is... Witchcraft creates poverty. That's that's what happened to Mexico. That's what happened to Haiti. That's what happened to Africa. As long as they engage in it, the people will be poor. You know, get poorer and poorer and poorer. Now that we have all the Gen Zs running after being, you know, witchcraft, you can expect that it's going to go down. And I'm sorry that um, that's true. If you look back in history, you'll see that witchcraft equals poverty. It's very simple. Black magic equals poverty. The people that have done it though have not had the retribution yet. Got a word here. The people that have engaged in black magic and who've repented of it have not repented of it before they die. They will get their comeuppance. What you know? It's a very egregious sin against God. And you know, usually it pays by death. Or misfortune, or something. That doesn't mean if you have misfortune, or if you go through something I went through, that that's a judgment of God. That doesn't mean that at all. What that means is that I, you know, r- refused to g- get any. I just kept relying on the Lord to fix me. And after I went through this, uh, you know, this health crisis, uh, I'm now fixed. Is that weird? God used that to heal me because I had been I'm praying to God for a solution. So the solution was to go into the ear go through all this stuff. And now out the other side, I'm better than I've been in the last 10 years. No huffing and puffing, none of that, you know what I mean? All that, um, you know, people are seeing, you know, you can hear it in my uh, my precision thinking. <laughs> precision and concision and uh you know and 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 accuracy, I try to be anyway, not a hundred percent, but um you know it's up there, and all I can tell you though is that uh, so sometimes God will use a tragedy like He did with me, this whole tragedy I went through, um which was you know had everybody worried you know and and as well, they should have been, because they were so negative in the hospital, it was like they wanted me to die uh but that experience. The best way I could put it is, you know, I'm healed. And to prove that, I can run through my vitals, and they've they've never been better. And they were nowhere when we started. So had I not gone to the hospital, I would never be healed. They didn't heal me, but my body healed. You know, I had to go through that to get to the healing. So see see what I mean? So if it was a, a judgment of God, calamity, usually then until unless you repent... So, you know, it's going to remain a calamity. Um, you know, you reap what you sow. So I could look at the hospital and go, wow, well, I really failed in a lot of ways because I was, I got, I, you know, I, I, I got this bus that was old. I was sick as I could be. I had no business driving it. It was breaking down on the way home. It was just an amazing amount of things that happened, you know, that were just so painful. But all of it led to a healing. All that led to a clarity about everything. And um that's not the same thing for a black magic practitioner, a sorcerer, a witch. Not the same thing. The blowback on that is is is, you know, a lot of times term it's really serious. It could be, you know, your kids die. I don't know. They look at Francesco, well, what about that? Isn't that a curse on you? No, it's not a curse on me. No. Nope. Um, you know, the the problem with, 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 with that is, you know, you might ask the question, well, if, 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 if she went through abuse and then she lived as long as she could, I feel blessed that we had her that long. I'm actually amazed she lasted that long. The, the abuse was so severe. I wasn't there to protect her, you know, that, but, but we, you know, She's a way away on, in Italy. I was here. So I never, you know, we, we when I first had a rendezvous with her, uh, she and her mother were trying to throw me in the loony bin. They were conspiring. I, I, it's amazing that that even happened, but I heard about it from her, from Francesca, when we, be, we finally became friends. But she had been, you know, caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. She was, she was a, a little bit of a ping-pong ball bouncing back and forth between the dark side and God. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. You can't do that. You know, you got to make a decision. She was so worried what people thought, she couldn't leave her house. So that's the, that's the you know, I call that the Keith curse. And um, that leads to suicide. It led to, uh, in the old time, Charles Keith. My grandfather's father, he committed suicide. Son of John Webb Keith, who was a, a big pioneer in, uh, in a house building in San Francisco. Now San Francisco is being torn down. But you watch over the years, you see this depression and this abuse thing going generation after generation after generation, hidden, and eventually took out the whole line. That doesn't mean it's the end of the line. There's still other others out there on the same bloodline. Lots of others. So the line isn't ended. But I've I've had to bring this one to an end, and the reason that it's brought to an end is not because of evil. It's because it's a it's, it has to do with uh, justice, and and innocence that were made to suffer, uh, for the for the sake of business and 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 wealth or whatever else happened. Uh, but then I turned out to be a person that wanted to burn down you know you know society in Beverly Hills and you know, the whole thing you know eat, eat the rich. Uh, You know, wrong attitude when you're around rich people that that can ruin your life. But, I mean, I saw the evil of it, of worshiping money. It's just unbelievable. And these people's lives get ruined, you know. They get ruined over and over and over again. I just got to put God first. I mean, God owns everything. You know, we don't own anything. I was going to make the point earlier that the house, there's the mortgage, there's the taxes. You don't own anything. You don't own that house. Basically, when we're gone, somebody else will be here. You know? It, it's, it's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no sense in accumulating. There, there's nothing that can, you know, no sense of, um, you know, uh, there's no thrills in materialism. It's just bigger headaches. So feel, feel, you know, good that you're liberated. You know, some people just live out in the woods, you know. They, they're very happy to be there, and they don't want to come back to society other people hate it and they want you know shelter and they'll do anything to get it yet they're they're stuck in in terrible poverty well you know whatever it is however the suffering is it the only solution there is is Jesus there's only one solution and there's not two and there's not three there's not debate there's not other religions there's not religion Jesus is not a religion and and so it's 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 a completely misunderstood thing by the world. But you can go there and learn all about it. When you do, they don't want to hear you. Like if I'm going to go correct John MacArthur and say the the kingdom is within you means exactly what it says, you know he'll have a cow and he'll you know, throw you out of his church because it's a, it becomes a Nazi or you know when you get a bunch of jerks together that don't have the Holy Spirit, it becomes what. It becomes a Nazi organization, a theocracy. Oh, I worry about that theocracy. We have to ban the Bible and ban God. Anyone that's of God needs to be burned at the stake. Yes, it's the same old witch hunt. Now if you're of God, it's like the witches are the people of God. If you're of God, then you have to be burned at the stake. And they did it in the Inquisition. And they'll do it again. These people never learn. They're stupid. They're dumb as all get out. They're illiterate. They lack critical thinking. They're uneducated, like Harari. He's got all these degrees, but he's uneducated. He doesn't know anything. He knows basically zero. Zero. He's like, well, now that we're beyond religion, and you know, it just sounds like, like a clown, like like a a pig clown. I, I know i'm i can't handle it you know i mean i can't handle uh, okay you- you got your doses f you know it's it's uh it's uh now that i mean what Oh, we're almost, at we're almost to the end of the bail, we're almost to the smoke stack. Oh, we
1: made it, we got it, we're gonna line on the road now, pretty her. Oh, somebody's down already. Right oh, somebody's down already. Right yeah, somebody's down. Let's oh. go there, we cannot do nothing for her. Oh my, oh god. my god, bro. Let's go. Dad. Just go. Oh. We cannot do nothing for her. What the fuck, dude? Let's go. Go, no, people, go, Beat the word. down. Oh my god, bro. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. We're almost to the end of the bill, almost... There's a convoy of us. We do have escorts taking us into Lahaina. Front and back. And it was disgusting to see tourists trying to come into Lahaina 1, trying to get into our convoy to bypass traffic 2. And that they're even opening up the road to let tourists who have hotel reservations check in. Lahaina does not have the resources, there's no electric hilo doesn't even have running water they haven't had water since the whole storm happened their water supply at lis got cut off but you can let tourists come into lahaina and enjoy our beaches when they'll get bodies floating in the water so get dead bodies around lahaina that they never even find yet how you guys expecting these families to come into work and serve these tourists when they lost everything they had and it's absolutely disgusting, gusting, 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 that at 12 o'clock they open the roads. People who like go into Lahaina, who live in Lahaina, out right there, out right there, out right there, out right there, out there. It's a place of malice. If you know what lived there, what descendants lived there, you know why. And you know why it happened on 8 It's not from I want you to look at this guy's page, go to his Instagram and follow him. He's talking about how people are trying to bring in supplies such as water, food and gas and they are being turned away. The military is turning away people from helping and he was talking about this on his page. Now, if we take it a step further, the governor was asked why didn't the system go off when the fires were happening? And he was basically saying it must have been a malfunction. But what's interesting is a person commented the siren sounds went off when there was no tsunami, but the sound when an actual burning fire disaster doesn't occur. What's also interesting about the governor was he passed this executive order just before this in July, which could take away the land from the people based on if they need to. I had to think fast, we had to get out, we left our vehicle and my my myself, my wife and our five kids, we all got in the ocean. Uh, we found a floating board that we hung on to. And everything we're out there floating is so cool. <laughs>